0: I love God. I love the people of God. I thank God for you. People, people many times thank God for things. I thank God for you. You're the body of Christ. You're the church. There's no greater organ, or organization in this earth than the church and I know that um, we can see things going on where people are moving away from God but we believe sometimes people say what in the world is going on What what in the world is this what is this world coming to this is my response the world is coming to God Coming to Jesus. Coming to Jesus. And it's because of uh, vessels, instruments like yourself that God can use to help them get to the kingdom. I say this to God often Lord, help me so that I'm positioned to help you so that you can help others. In other words, God comes through the vessel of a believer in order to get to those outside of the kingdom. So I love the church, I love the people of God, I love the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. So let's, y'all, y'all want to um, get into the word of God a little bit here. Y'all want to stand to your feet if you can. Let's just make this uh, declaration over ourselves in the Word. Say this: Say, Father, I thank you that you grant unto me a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Flood the eyes of my understanding with light, so that I know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. Cause me to know what is the exceeding greatness of your power that is resident on the inside of me as a believer. Help me to walk in the reality of the truth, knowing that that power is the same power that you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your own right hand in heavenly places. Now having seated me together with Christ, so far above all rule, all authority, all dominion, all might, and every name that can be named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Thank you, Father, that all things are under my feet with Christ Jesus who is the head of the church now Lord Jesus I acknowledge you I thank you that you are the fullness of everything and in every way now if you would stretch your hands out to me Father I thank you for this opportunity I count it an honor and a privilege Lord God to minister to your people I thank you Lord God that you use me As an instrument, a vessel, effective, Father God, to communicate your truth. Thank you, Lord God, that every good thing and every perfect thing comes by way of your hand. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I think that um, it's pretty um, obvious that the season that we are going through have been uh, quite challenging and is challenging. But I want you to know that it is a season. I said it is a season. In the book of uh, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter three, it says that to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. To everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to die and a time to be born, a time to speak and a time to be silent, a time for war, a time for peace, a time to plant, time to pluck up. And it goes on and on to everything. There is a season and this is just a season that we're going through. And uh, seasons change, which means you can't hang out in summer forever, nor can you hang out in winter forever. It changes. And this is just a season. So don't get hung up on what's taking place in this season. Yes, we have been faced with COVID. We've been faced with a downturn in the economy. We've been faced with some civil Unrest and we've been faced with our own personal challenges, but listen folks It's still just a season and God is faithful Everybody say God is faithful God is faithful listen. We're talking about the God of heaven. We're talking about the God who hung the stars We're talking about the God who created all things in six days and gave you a day of rest We're talking about a God who never fails. God is faithful And God is faithful to take that which the enemy means for evil, which he means for bad, and he's able to turn it for good. You're good. You're good. And God will always, listen, he will always get glory out of it. Why? Because he will always have the last word. He will always get the last laugh and God will always get glory out of what the enemy means for evil. I say God is faithful. And you can have this confidence. I say you can have this confidence that the good work that He has begun in you, He will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Now listen, I say it is a good work. Why can I be so confident about saying that? Because God is a good God. There's nothing bad that God does in your life. And God has began a good work. And he will complete that good work that he has began. So don't get hung up on the things that are going on around you. You know, people sometimes, they look at the wrong things in life. Yeah, we talked about the Gentiles a few minutes ago in the offering uh, message, right? These are the things that the Gentiles seek after. They're worried about what they're going to wear, what they're going to eat, where are they are going to sleep, what they're going to do. They're worried about all of these things. So they're looking at the wrong things. We are believers. This is the kingdom of God. This is a body of Christ. This is a church. We don't get hung up on those things. So we're not looking to the, uh, what's happening with COVID. Yes, we do the things that's necessary. I am not uh, making light of this. But God is bigger. I said God is mightier. I said God is faithful. I said God will never fail. And he will not fail you. I said he will not fail you. So we don't want to look at the wrong things here. Look not to those things that are temporal. Look not, this is temporary. Come on. I know, I know, I know that uh, you know, that there's this uh, phrase going around, the new norm. Listen, it ain't my new norm. I didn't care too much for the old norm. So I'm certainly not going to go to a worse new norm. God's norm is my norm. So don't look at the wrong things here now. And don't get hung up here. I said, don't get hung up here. Now y'all know that God is faithful to his word. How many can agree? The Bible says in, in Psalms 138.2, it says that God has magnified, he has exalted his word above even his own name. That tells me that there is super in integrity in the word of God. God is faithful to his word. And if he says that the good work that he has began in you, he will complete it. He's not going to complete that good work. Are you going through some new norm? Look, we have a a supernatural norm. We have a a kingdom-minded norm. And that's the one I'm looking to. That's the one I'm dealing with. And so I have made a choice. I've made a decision that with whatever is going on around me, I can look to something that's higher. I can look to something that's greater. I can look to someone who's faithful. I can look to God and I know. I know. <laughs> God will always, listen, I didn't say sometimes. God will always take what the enemy means for evil and he will turn it for good. So I'm looking to the good the goodness of God, the grace of God, the faithfulness of God, the mercy. Of God, not only on my life, but on the lives of those who don't have a relationship with him, those who don't have anything else to look to, those who have taken this season that we're in and they've embraced it. No, 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 saints. Come on now. We are the one who's setting the standard. We are the one who's shining the light. We are the one who is the salt. We are the ones who's taking the good news to those who don't have. They don't have any hope. Man, Romans, Romans talks about, uh, you know, it, it lists... Then in Romans chapter 5, it gives a whole list of those who are not connected to God, those who are in this world. It says, uh, those who are in this world without hope, strangers, the Bible calls them, without covenant. And so that's the condition of the loss. That is not the condition of the winners, of the saints, of believers. Come on now, we, we, we got we to have a, a, a mind shift, right? We, we have to have a, a, a new way of looking at things, a new way of thinking. We have to have a, come on, a God-minded way of seeing things. Listen, in God from God's perspective, it says that God sits in the heavens and laughs. Everybody say, ha, ha, ha. Doesn't bother God a bit. He knows the outcome. He knows what's up. He knows what he has for you is good and perfect. Talking about God. And he's your father. He's not an abusive father. He's not a dysfunctional father. He's a perfect father. He's a good God. I said, he's a good God, a good, good father. So let's not look to those things that, from a world's perspective, is crumbling around them. We're not of this world. Listen, you are simply a pilgrim. Your residency is in heaven. You're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. You are passing through this. (laughs) I I think about the children of Israel, right? God delivered them out of bondage. He delivered them out of a place of captivity. He delivered them out of oppression. He delivered them out of captivity. He delivered them from a place that there was, no, there was no hope for them. They had no rights. They had no privileges. They had no avenue to anything that is good. And God delivered them out of that situation. And God says, what I have for you is a promised land. What I have for you is so much better. It's far better. What I have for you is a land that flows with milk and honey. <laughs> people people. I, I just started drinking coffee about uh, maybe the beginning of this year right and I use honey in my coffee I use honey in my coffee along with hazelnut creamer right milk and honey <laughs> right and people, people say what's wrong with you and my response to them is, I'm a peculiar person. <laughs> uh-huh. I do things differently than the rest, right? Come on, find something, find something, some unique thing that you do differently so people can say, oh, he, she's not from here. He's not from here. <laughs> They're from someplace else. And then you you open up the door where you tell them where you're from. Yes, I'm my residency is in heaven. I'm seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Yes, I overcome the world. And this is the victory in which I overcome. Even my faith. My faith is in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. Yes, that's where I'm from. So when they start asking questions, you give them answers. Yeah, you give them God, heavenly answers. Hey, and that changes their entire outlook. Absolutely, because, you know, you, when you, we are the light in this dark world. And when you start giving people light, you, 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 you walk into a completely dark room, and if, even if you have just a flicker of light, immediately the attention goes there. And you are the light. We are the light. We are the salt in the earth. So we are not. We are not like the rest. So don't act like them. Don't act like them. Why? Because you're not like them. Now, am I saying? Am I saying that we should, you know, treat others uh, below us or in a condescending uh, type way? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that be who God says you are. Be who God says you are. So, so the children of Israel, right, God is leading them out of Israel. So they're in this wilderness. And God fed them manna from heaven. He fed them manna from heaven, right out of heaven's oven, every single day. Right? Y'all know the story. Right? Right? and God feeds them this manna from heaven, and here they are, they start complaining. I hope that that doesn't sound familiar to anybody, complaining. You're not a complainer, right? But they started complaining, and and, and what God told them, he told them through uh, uh, Moses, of course, that they were not to, they were not to save any, anything. that God brought this to them every single day. They were not to save any of it, right? Because if they, if they tried to save it, it would be no good. They couldn't eat it. It, it would spoil, right? So what God was uh, uh, conveying to them that they were not to depend on what had happened yesterday, but you look to me as your today provider. Right? You look to me as the one who has something fresh every day out of the oven. And I think sometimes we as believers, we uh, start to uh, get content and we get uh, complacent and we get satisfied with what God did yesterday. And we forget that He's a God of right now, right now, today. Right? Right now, this minute, right now, this second, right? And so, so when this now is over, we'll be right in another now. So we look to God as the right now God. And I'm not looking to uh, what happened yesterday. Yeah, I'm thankful for it. Anything that God brings my way, any blessings that he uh, uh, gives me, I'm thankful for it. But I am not dependent. I am not looking to what he did yesterday. I'm looking to God today. Because he is the provider today. And because he is the provider today, that means that he's going to be faithful in providing today. So they, they look they looked to uh, those things of yesterday and sometimes believers can get in that mode and they get complacent and they get satisfied. Don't ever be satisfied. I said, don't ever be satisfied because God is an ever-advancing God. And I believe, I believe that even in this season that we're in right now, God is gonna do some things. He is wanting to do some things in your life that has not been done before. And you ask the question, well, what is it? I don't know specifically what it is in your life, but I do know this, it's good. You say, well, how you know it's good? Because God is good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the father of light in whom there's no variableness, nor shadow of turning. Every good and perfect gift. So what God has in store for you, even before this year ends. You say, well, there's only about two and a half months left in this year. It only took God six days to do it all. So, so don't limit God. Don't look to what is taking place around you with our current situation. Don't get sold out in this new norm. It only took him six days. So you're way ahead of the game if you've got two and a half months. So start looking to God in that manner. Start looking to God as a God who is faithful to complete the good work that he has began even before, even until the day of Christ Jesus. So I want to uh, talk about some things that You say, well, you've already been talking. (laughs) Well, I want to talk about my my message to you today is this. Because God has positioned himself to do things in your life, great things, I I, I believe that there is an outpouring of the Lord, a demonstration of God that's on the horizon. And as I said, even before this year comes to a close. And it's not only for the body of Christ. It's not only for the church, but it's for you on an individual basis as well. So what I'm saying is you posture yourself, you position yourself so that you can be ready to receive what God has for you. And so in order to do that, uh, the title of my message is draw near to God. Draw near to God. So if you were turn to uh, James chapter four. James chapter four. Y'all remember, y'all remember um, in the book of Jeremiah? Sure you do. One thirty three three. He says, call on me. And I will answer you, and I will show you, what? Great and mighty things which you know not. Well, if it's gonna be great and mighty things, I'm talking about your life, great and mighty things which you know not, that means that you have not experienced them yet. Would that not be correct? You have not experienced them yet. And God is saying, i 'm going to show you great and mighty things, call upon me, call upon me so the, the 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 way that you're going to call upon God, see because you can call upon God from a distance, and we understand that you know god the, the, the Bible says that in Romans uh, ten eight it says that, that that God is as close as your mouth and your heart. We know that you can call upon him this way, but listen when you call upon him, you want to be sure that you have a distinct clarity about who's responding to your call. And so in order to do that, you have to be close to God. So in this season of time that we're in, I am encouraging you to draw close to God. Draw close to God. When you say, well, I'm already close to God. My goodness. It's like being married and telling your wife, I'm already close to you. And your wife's response is probably going to be, you can get closer. You may be close to God, but listen, where you are with God right now, God is saying, oh, I need you closer. That's why he say, draw close, draw near unto me. And what's God's response? I will draw near to you. I will draw near to you. Let's read it. So James 4 Seven, James 4, 7. It says, therefore submit to God. Well, that certainly is important. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I want to read that from uh, James, uh, uh, James 4, 7 and 8 from the New Living Translation, NLT. It says in verse seven, so humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And then it says in verse eight, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Now, I understand, and I read the first, Uh, um, a translation from New King James Version where it says "draw near to God," and and this is from the uh, uh, NLT where it says "draw close to God," and He will draw close to you. Now uh, they're saying basically the same thing, but I like that that uh, New Living Translation where it says "draw close to God" because what is what it is uh, uh, implying is that we the believer. The Christian, there's some initiation that has to take place on our part. You notice that in that verse, uh, it did not say God would draw close to you and then you draw close to God. Noah says draw close to God and then God will draw close to you. So we have to initiate this. We have to draw close to God. We have to go to God. We have to go to God, getting close to him in his word, in prayer. We have to get close to God on meditation of his word. We have to get close to God, draw close to God. So we got to initiate this. Come close to me and I will come close to you. Initiation on the believer's part. It's like, it's like uh, uh, Peter there in Matthew 14, right? Y'all know the story. In Matthew 14, it's talking about how Jesus uh, came toward the uh, disciples who were in the boat. He came close to them walking on water. Right? The, the disciples see Jesus walking on water from the boat. Y'all know the story. Right? And Peter, Peter says, Lord, If that be you, bid me or command me to come out there on the water with you. And what was Jesus's response? Come. And on that word, Peter, exit the boat where it's safe and secure. Where, where. It's satisfying where there's contentment, where there is complacency. On that word, he exited the boat and he began to walk on water toward Jesus. But you notice that Peter had to initiate this. Of course, Jesus told him to come, so Peter had to initiate an act. So we know that there uh, faith was required here, right? Because he's uh, exiting a place of comfort on a word, a word from the Lord Jesus. Gets out of the boat, begins to walk to Jesus on a word. So faith is involved here, but we also know that faith is an act, right? That's the word. Faith is an act faith and works. It's an act, right? So, 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 so if Peter did not initiate getting out of the boat, he would never have walked on this water toward the Lord Jesus Christ. So when God tells us there in a, a James 4, 8, he tells us to come, then we must come to him, draw near to him. Listen, and Jesus has been saying this for a long time in your life and you know it. Yes, you know it. Now, when we're talking about this, this uh, 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 coming to Jesus, uh, uh, don't have time to turn to it. But listen, y'all know that y'all know the the, the passage there in Psalms 91, one and two, right? He who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. He who dwells, dwells in the secret place. According to Merriam Webster's dictionary, the word dwell is defined as take time, take some time, take some time. Look it up, Merriam Webster, right? Take some time. And another, another definition is that, that you, you are to keep attention directed, and it's used with on or up on, on or up on. So you are to uh, 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 keep. Uh, attention directed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. But it also is saying that you are to take time here. Dwell, dwell. You take time here. So this is not a drive-by type of a prayer. This is not a drive-by type of time we're talking about here, y'all. You, you, this is not this is not someone told me this in the in the eight o'clock service because i don 't spend a lot of time on on, on social media right so i don 't know all of the things uh, that, that they do and things that is said and, and all of that but I was I was told that you know when you are uh, messaging someone or, or you are initiating uh, someone to uh, what is it called uh, to receive you as a friend I guess i don 't know but A friend request. So then um, they say they say wave. Right. Wave. Is that right? So give them a wave. Right. Well, listen. This is not a wave type prayer. This is not a wave type prayer. You are not requesting a friend. Listen, he is your friend. Listen, you don't have to request to be a friend of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you don't just wave at him in this prayer that we're talking about now. We're talking about dwelling. We're talking about taking time. We're talking about setting your attention, your direction upon him. So, 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 so this, is not, this is not a convenience store type of prayer. You know where you drive up, you run in, you get what you want, and you run right back out. You know, in a convenience store, you don't even have time to talk to a clerk. <laughs> right? No, this is a, this is a, a Sam's Club uh, type of uh, a prayer we're talking about. This is a Costco type of prayer that we're talking about. Now listen, you go to Costco, Costco have those carts, those big carts, Right? Y'all know if, if you've been to Costco or Sam's time, they have those big carts and it takes a while to fill those up. You go up and down the aisle and you, you're taking time to shop in there. Right. This is our convenience store. The prayer we're talking about is a Costco or Sam's Club type prayer where it's going to take time. You're going to take time. Right. So when you leave there, that cart is filled and it even takes a little time to go through the checkout stand. You have time to talk to the clerk. You have time to get them saved. In a convenient, convenience store, you don't have time to do nothing. You're in a hurry. So, this is not the type of prayer that we're talking about. When he says, dwell in the secret place of the Most High, dwell there. Take time there. Yeah. Draw near to him in that place, come to him in that place. And when you get there and you do just that, you settle down, you sit down in the presence of the Most High. He has some things to say to you. And listen, this is not just a one-sided conversation. You can take time to say some things to Him. Dwell, dwell in the secret place. Oh, he has some secrets for you. He's got some stuff for you. And this is the place where wisdom flows. This is the place where understanding flows. This is the place where insight comes. This is the place where joy comes. This is the place where healing comes. This is the place where direction comes. This is the place. Oh, this is the place here. And you're settling down. You're dwelling there. And you're directing your attention upon him and upon his presence and upon what's going on in his presence. This is where your attention is now. This is where your attention is. And listen, when your attention is is here in this place, in this secret place, COVID, down economy, unrest in the nation, my own personal challenges becomes like this, nothing. I'm in that place I'm in this secret place and that's why we have to slow down our life and I'm talking about in particularly in this season I said earlier that God will take that which the enemy means for evil which he means for bad and he will always turn it for good. But listen, the enemy meant this season for bad. He meant it for evil. But now, your initiation to go and draw near to him and to dwell in his secret place, God is showing you this, in your life, is being turned for good. And listen, listen. Though the enemy wanted to get you down in this season, though he meant it, meant it for bad in this season, this is where you hear from God when you take that time to see the good that God has in it for you, And anytime God does something good for you, he really will like you to spread it to others. So he's never never just a a, a God is a multifaceted God. He want others to be blessed from the blessing that he gives you. And you take that time to go into his presence, to dwell there. Take the time. Direct your attention upon Him, upon God, your Father, and my Father, your God, and my God. Take the time, and God will show you that this season that we're in is just a small thing.